day my friends thank you so so much for stopping by and making paranormal prowlers part of your day those tunes that just went through the old listening vessels as of course courtesy of the amazing bobby mackey and as always i am your host tessa morrow i've been seeing on facebook lately that bobby mackey's is closing and oh no you know farewell bobby mackey i was like okay there's probably more to it so i went to the man himself and I said, Bobby, my friend, what is going on? I'm hearing all these things that you're closing up shop. And he is just so passionate about music and has been doing it for so long. And he said that, no, 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 we're just relocating while they do some repairs and remodel where Bobby Mackey's music world is, that beautiful honky tonk. And so those who were planning on going, don't worry. Yeah, renovations take time, but they will be back at that old location, okay? And he will be jamming to his heart's content. So for those who are in the area and want to go and see Bobby Mackey and the best damn band ever, they are going to temporarily be located at 8405 U.S. Highway 42. It's the old Mugvies building, and it's in Florence, Kentucky. So there we go. So I really hope everybody had a great Halloween last week. I totally keep count when it comes to the trick-or-treaters. I do the whole counting system. And I, I always like to, like, you know, be prepared, make sure all the kiddos get something. So last year I had 327. So I was like, okay, I'll be sure to get enough. Well, this year, in a four-hour period, I had, get this, 596 kids. I just couldn't believe it. It was so awesome. Okay, so some family of mine, a cousin and his wife, they have this really sweet piece of land right off of La Vida Pass in Colorado. And I went there one July day, I would say around like eight or so years ago, and I could not help but notice this lovely little wooden cabin. And it was in bad shape, you know, like there was no roof anymore and you can tell the weather elements had not been kind to this old structure. Well, my cousin had shared with me that this was a mining cabin back in the day and that a miner named Bernard had lived there and had sold the property to my cousin's family decades upon decades earlier. The cabin was old. It had trees growing out of it. You could walk without any challenge into it whatsoever. And I hate to say that since my visit, it has been torn down, which in my opinion is just like an absolute crying shame. It's like tearing down a piece of history, a piece of Colorado mining history. So as we spend time at Bernard's cabin, something up over a small nearby hill catches my attention. A shadow is dashing kind of back and forth. Now, mind you, this is in the mountains. We are surrounded by pine trees and not too much else. The only reason I know we're close to civilization <laughs> is because the traffic is coming and going from La Vida Pass. Anywho, I walk up the hill to see if I can spot what had caught my eye earlier on. And things, they're dug up. My cousin, he joins me and he shares with me that he had dug all of these things up from the earth that somebody had hidden there. 
I'm assuming a long time ago, right? Because they've had this for decades. Something that resembled a small bed, perhaps for a dog. Now, it was just the skeleton of the bed that remained, though. Wood planks accompanied it. My mind starts kind of reeling. Maybe I watch way too much of the telly, but I was thinking, like, what else is down there? Maybe there's a secret bunker. If a bed was buried along with the wood, there must be more. And why go out of your way to bury such a large object? Why not just throw it in the dumpster or whatever, you know, or donate it to somebody? So I grab a shovel and I dig a little bit in the area. Don't come up with too much, but did not do it for very long. You know, I noticed that the dirt was really, really soft and it was easy to dig. The, the ground, the earth was almost like spongy and it hadn't rained in a while and it's really hard compacted dirt there. So it's not natural for that location. Color me intrigued. Bernard Stone was a miner who lived on the property where the mining cabin was located in the wee early 1900s. My cousin, he shared with me some information like how he died in the cabin sometime in the 1940s and that his grandpa had bought the property from Bernard. And even though the land was no longer his, he was still able to stay there. And he died in the bed. At the time of my visit, when the cabin was still standing, the bed frame was still there. He was a veteran. He was a good guy. And at the time of his death, he was only in his mid-50s. He died pretty young. I mean, his cause of death, they did not know what it was. Bernard Stone, he lived here and he died here. So we came with some of our investigative tools to see if we could communicate with Stone or anybody else for that matter. But really, we wanted to reach out to Bernard. He was the guy we were interested in. We walk into the cabin and as we dodge small trees here and some weeds over there, my cousin, he points things out to me. Like he shows me the bedroom area and the bed was still there, as I said earlier. And he points out where the kitchen once had been. My trusty recorder is of course on me and I let Bernard know that we come in peace and total respect and that if he could let us know he is there by making any type of sound for us. My recorder captures a muffled sound and then a pop sound after that. We of course do not hear these things with our ears. And FYI, when we do ask a question like that and say like we do hear something is a result, like a scratch or a knock or anything else like that, we always thank the spirit. We're always very grateful. Okay, hold the brakes. Did you guys hear that? It sounded like somebody just said, I am too. No, I did not hear this with my own ears. I only heard it when I was editing but I wanted to share it with you guys. Okay, back to your scheduled program. My cousin's dog walks over to us and I say to Bernard, hey, there's an animal here with us. Can you please tell us what type of creature this is? No verbal response, but we do catch another pop. I introduce myself and ask if he can say my name. While I do not get an answer that has my name in it, my recorder does catch a man whispering, gold, gold. I love this. I mean, remember, Bernard was a miner. Don't know what he mined for. People mine for a lot of things in Colorado. But 
That's neat when you are investigating something that has to do with mining and you get something like that. I've had a, that happen a couple of times and I just really love that. So after that treasure of an EVP, it's followed by unexplained loud deep breaths coming from a man. And I asked Bernard if he could tell us where he died. And a man is recorded saying what sounded like right over the tank. Don't know what that means, but it's followed by static and then yet another pop. And what happened next was pretty damn cool. So my cousin is standing in front of me and I say to the ghostly miner that is Bernard Stone, hey, the person in front of you must look super familiar as he is here quite often. Can you please tell me his name? And the recorder gets a great EVP of a man's voice saying, Nick. And guess what, guys? That's exactly what his name is. Nick. So my cousin's dog comes into the cabin. And you know, we don't know if there's nails or goat heads or whatever. So we tell the dog, hey, get out. Come on. And so my cousin tells his then girlfriend, now wife, hey, Lori, get the dog out of here. Go on, Lily. Go. Get. An EVP from the man joins in as well saying, get out. I love it. That's too funny. This was the EVP, okay? He says, get out. And then an unexplained thump sound. And then it's followed by disembodied snickering. And then three pop sounds. So a lot of stuff going on in just a few seconds for sure. We now are standing at the side of where Bernard drew his last breath, his bed or what remained of it anyway. Now, as we stand there in complete silence, the recorder catches static and then a pop. And I ask Bernard, hey, are you here with us right now? We get a disembodied voice caught on the recorder saying, yes. Something interesting does happen. Nick points to my foot and warns me that a rat is right next to me. Now, I'm not one of those people that like jump on a table or leap into hysteria or whatever, but it's Colorado. We do have the hantavirus. I think it was just a huge mouse. But anyways, I kind of do a little tiny mini shriek and step back. The man gives this EVP saying, My pet. Again, hilarious. My pet. So maybe that mouse, rat, whatever it was, was Bernard Stone's pet. Pretty cool. Nick puts the Mel meter which is an EMF meter, on the bed frame and explains to him that the tool does certain things, lets us know about, you know, the temperature and how lights go on and how it will not hurt him and what have you. Our goal is for him to get the EMF to light up. I always like to tell the spirit that it won't hurt you and it will give you a chance to see some beautiful colors that one may see in a rainbow. While we did not see colors flare up at that very exact moment, we did hear this loud thud-like sound. No neighboring houses are too close by. There is one neighbor and uh, he'll make an appearance in a short while, but it came from within the walls of the cabin, that sound. We all heard it with our ears and it was pretty cool. And remember earlier we had asked, can you make a sound for us? It sounded like something fell hard to the ground. But nothing did. We, we searched the area, we tried to recreate the sound, but we were unsuccessful. Now, for a while, we play with the idea that maybe Bernard can change the temperature for us. 
The mel meter lets you know the temp, as I mentioned earlier. And so we would tell him, hey, it's 60.2 degrees. Can you please make it go up or go down? And we did that for a little while. The recorder catches a pop, but it's not like the pop that my recorder had been catching. It reminded me of like when somebody is uh, making popcorn and it starts to pop. We all know that sound, right? So Nick and I, we ask some questions, which they go unanswered. And then we stand there in silence and shuffling sounds are caught on a recording, but going unheard by us. And at that time, nobody was moving. We're all standing completely still. We are still by the bed where Bernard had passed away. And I say something like how it's a mystery how he died. It still remains unknown. Can you tell us what your cause of death was? The whole time I was talking, loud, heavy footsteps were being recorded. Unbeknownst to us, of course, we did not hear this. It sounded like they were circling us almost, like us in the bed. It was so crazy. And after listening, I counted. I listened several times and I counted 16 footsteps total. Spectacular. Spooktacular. So I asked two questions. One, if he was a minor, and two, what he mined for. And he answered yes with the first question. <laughs> Actually, he said yes with a beard. So that was pretty interesting. And the second one he answers, who cared? Nick asks what his favorite season was while he lived out there. We get a muffled response, unintelligible words. I let Nick know that the temperature is 60.9 degrees. And Nick replies, hey, Bernard, can you please lower the temp? Maybe to 60.5. The recorder catches static and then the temp on the mel meter lowers to 60.7. I thank Bernard and let him know we appreciate it. We know it must take a lot of energy to do things like this. Things that we're asking for and we appreciate it. A man replies with the CVP agreeing with me saying yes. Nick says one more push my friend. Can you please get it to 60.5? And it fluctuates between 0.7 and 0.9. And then it stays on the ladder. And I ask it to go to 7 again. And it does immediately. We thank him. And then seconds later, it goes to 60.5, the original number that Nick had requested earlier on. Nick and I, we kneel down by the deathbed with me still keeping an eye out for Bernard's pet rat or mouse or whatever it was. Lori begins taking pictures of us, and as she is doing this, a loud raspy breathing sound is caught via recording. And this is followed by two footsteps, loud, loud footsteps. And I asked to see the pictures, and an EVP of a man is caught saying, got it. For the first time during our mini investigation, we turn on the spirit box, so all the other times we caught static, the only thing that was on was the recorder. And... Like 98% of the time, it's crystal clear sound coming through. And so it really is unexplained when static just makes an appearance. Very weird. Nick asks Bernard, hey, was that you making the temperature fluctuate? And an EVP of a man whispers, yes. Caught on a recording, of course. And this is followed by a thump. And I say, hey, Nick and Lori mentioned their dog's name earlier. What's its name? And a man's voice comes through the spirit box saying Lily. And that's exactly what her name is. Lily. Amazing. And unlike the EVPs, we heard Lily through the spirit box immediately. Gotta love when you ask a question and you get an answer 
an intelligent answer, but also, hey, this is accurate. This is 100% correct. Very cool. Very awesome. After Lily pours through the spirit box, the sound is recorded, like hands grasping at the recorder. I've experienced that a few times. It's like, hey, mitts off, buddy. So Nick sees the temp is at 60.1, and he asks Bernard if it can go to 59. After asking this, five pops are recorded, and I ask if he can get us out of the 60s and dive into the 50s. And as soon as I finish talking, it goes to 59.8, like for two seconds, then goes right back up to the 60s. We thank him happily. We ask a few more questions, but we don't get any responses, verbal or sound-wise, or pop-wise. And suddenly I just, I get chills. It gets noticeably colder for a second. And I mentioned that I just experienced a cold spot. And as we talk about that, an echo-like shoosh from a man is recorded. Cool stuff. Brr, literally. Now for a while it had been 59.6. And so I kid around saying, hey, Bernard, stop dilly-dallying around and change the temp, my friend. Right away it goes to 59.4 followed by static, and the static, it gets louder and faster. A few seconds later, I say, Bernard? And a man is recorded asking, what? <laughs> Silence for a few seconds, then the same voice says, take it. The temp then goes to 59.3. Okay, so Nick begins talking about how when he was digging one day, he came upon what he believed to be a possible seller. And as he talks, an XL of what sounded like a woman is caught. Now, mind you, this is the very first time any presence of a woman here in spirit form was caught. Up to this point, it had always been a man. Now, something over the hill keeps catching my eye. First, it's darting shadows, but then I see a figure, and it resembles a man. So we quickly make our way in that direction, and I ask if anybody is there. Like, not as an EVP session or anything, but I was just like, hey, anybody here? You know, recorder still in hand, and it catches a no response. This sounded childlike to me. Now, earlier I mentioned a tiny bed that Nick had unearthed a while back, and we were in that area. And I assumed it was a dog bed. Perhaps it was a child bed. I mean, does that tiny bed belong to this child who had just spoken? I don't know. I hear a sound and start looking around. My cousin sees me looking and he says, hey, what's wrong, Tessa? Did you hear something? I reply saying, yes, I did hear something. And it was like this like, huff sound. And immediately a man is caught on a recorder saying too close. Then just a burst of static erupts through. Earlier on, the closest neighbor that they have, which is not close what you see like in typical neighborhoods and streets, well, he comes over and um, Lori walks away with him and they're talking as Nick and I continue to conduct our mini little sessions. She finally makes her way back to us and she shares some eerie stuff that she had just learned from the neighbor. And I'm still recording, mind you, when she shares this with us and this is what she had to say. He said that there's a ton of history, evil history in this area from the Spaniards. He said that he's talked to a few people in the area, but that 
most of the people have passed away. He told them that back in the 1700s and 1800s that there was a bunch of evil history that people don't like to talk about. He said it's hard for him to find people or their families that lived here long enough to know exactly what went on. And um, that's basically all she really got out of him. He didn't give specifics or anything like that. So I don't know. I kind of take things with a grain of salt when I hear something like that. But I do, immediately after her telling us this, I feel frozen, like ice cold. I check the temp and it says 57.1 degrees out, but it feels so much colder than that. And I begin to literally shake. I'm shaking. Nick comes close to me and he, he feels it too. It's not just me. And as this happens, a pop is recorded. As we stand at the area where the ground is soft, too soft, mind you, I begin kicking the earth with my foot. Uh, everywhere else, the ground is hard, right? But this area, there's something about it. Like it was disturbed long ago and it just kind of remains soft. It was not muddy or anything like that it hadn't rained earlier there was no snow or no nothing right it was just soft so as I continued to kick I noticed black and ash being revealed something had been burned here long ago what it was no clue we get sounds caught on recording like a child breathing rapidly it really makes me wonder what exactly took place here and was a child involved we keep talking about how soft the earth is right in this area, and Nick wanders off to retrieve a shovel. As Lori and I stand there, the recorder gets a man loudly breathing. It sounded like the breathing was forced, like a machine or something was helping the person being able to breathe. As Nick digs, the spirit box is turned on, and a woman comes through saying an unintelligible word. Nothing else really comes through, though, so kind of turn it off for the moment. As Nick digs, a man is recorded whispering, hey, followed by breathing loudly and then static. Nick, he digs up more wood planks. And as Nick continues to dig, we are unsure if somebody did this for safekeeping or intentionally hid these items. And if so, then why? I don't know. As we are unearthing more wood, the neighbor walks over again Lori dealt with him the last time, so this time it's my cousin's turn. So he walks over to talk to him, kind of get him out of the area where we're at. They leave. We get an EVP of a man saying, place to hide. That's eerie. What does he mean? For him to hide himself from somebody or something? Or to hide his stuff? And who or what is he hiding it from? Too many questions. <laughs> no answers. Well, the male meter, who had been quiet the whole time, spikes to 2.2, starts yelling at us. For the longest time, it had been in the upper 50s, and I looked down to see the temp, and it says 58.6. And within, like, maybe 30 seconds, it jumps to 65.9. That's a decent jump. I mean, that's 7.3 degrees right there, so decent jump indeed. Well, Nick, he comes back and is holding the male meter, and it spikes to 4.4. And he says to us, hey, did you guys see that? That's awesome. Well, before either Lori or I could answer, the recorder catches a man saying yes. In one area, we had a motion sensor, a shadow detector, and the entire time it was silent. In fact, I forgot it was even there. It suddenly screams at us. 
no one's in the area at all. So don't know what it detected, but it detected something. So we walk around the property and hidden away is yet another cabin. Long since abandoned, and again, the weather had not been kind to it. As we get closer to it, static is captured and followed by a man breathing. I see this really old, cool-looking chest. It has decayed through time, and I gently put my foot next to it and nudge it very gently. And I ask if anyone is here with us and if this here is their chest. And an EVP of a man is caught saying, hide it, followed by a pop sound. Second EVP dimension of hiding something. Very interesting, right? So Lori, she asks if whoever is with us lived here, if they lived alone. And a disembodied voice is recorded saying what sounds like alone. The millimeter spiked to 2.7. And I say what the temperature is, which was 57.5. And a voice utters cold. During our time here, we also encountered what looked like a mining cart. Way awesome. By this time, the neighbor, who is becoming somewhat of a damn nuisance, is back. I don't know if it's just a very lonely person or what, but he's back. So we decide, okay, this is absolutely enough. Let's end this investigation due to the so many interruptions. And throughout this unplanned mini-investigation, we got many results and evidence. And it didn't even last extremely long. I would say like a couple hours, maybe a little longer. We got cold spots, major temp changes, sounds that we heard but could not explain, sounds that we didn't hear and could not explain, EVPs, pop-like sounds, spirit box results, intelligent results, and we unearthed quite a few hidden treasures. Very cool stuff. This is why I always have my stuff with me, just in case I am somewhere where I am able to investigate. I like to be prepared. Bernard's Cabin, which no longer exists now, well, it did not disappoint. This week's special city shoutouts go to Moralton, Arkansas, Kelowna, Canada, and I know I'm going to butcher this, so my apologies, from Wisconsin, Okonomowoc. Okonomowoc. <laughs> there we go. I know. Sorry. Larkspar, California. Mount Airy, North Carolina. And Eastham, England. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They're all fantastic. Haven't heard every single one yet? Well, you can binge listen to your heart's fright or delight right now by hitting up any of those awesome podcast platforms such as CastBox, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Player FM, Pocket Casts. Basically, wherever you may roam to hear your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcasts lurking in the background. Thanks, everybody, and I will see you next week.